Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kid, I got something pretty slick in the mail. Oh, what did you yeah. get? So I was having kind of a down day. Uh, it was not the best day. I was feeling a little out of it. You know, my my job, I've, I've got to take over my boss's old job and I got to do my job. It's a whole thing. And I get in the mail uh, a little a little letter, an honest God letter with a stamp and a return address and everything. And it is from a, a certain young man by the name of Brian Floca. You, haven't, oh. you, you remember, remember Brian Floca? Yes, he was a very nice man that hung out with us at ALA. He was a very nice man who hung out with us at ALA. That's correct. And he's also a Caldecott winner. Uh, we have not done his Caldecott award-winning book because it hasn't been 20 years since it came out. So, you know, that's fine. But he's, over the years, he will send me little watercolors and then I'll just frame them and put them in my hallway because it makes me happy. So he sends me, and I will show this to you. We're not in the same room right now. Uh, but next time I see you, I will show you this. He he has sent me a watercolor of a Triceratops with a martini glass. And he writes, uh, Dear Betsy, belated note here to say it was good to see you and meet Kate at ALA. I especially appreciated your appreciation of the occasional small drawing. Here, then, is a stray Triceratops. Give it a year or two, and it might seem relevant to my book output. That's my, the hope. In the meantime, let me know if you and or Kate visit New York. We could get a Aww. drink. Brian. That's awesome. Wait, yeah, do I get something nice. in the mail too? <laughs> no, this Triceratops is all for Betsy. No <laughs> Triceratopses for Kate. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. That's okay. You've gotten a fair amount of original art over the years. So. Oh, and I have no problem asking people to. Uh, if yeah, and I don't. I never ask. I never ask them for art. They just, yeah. if they send it, great. Well, if anyone would like to send us original art, please email us <laughs> at fusekdate at gmail.com or send them to my sister at the Evanston Public Library and she will gladly take it off your hands and literally, give it to me. Anyone who sends anything to the library, it just goes directly to me. No, this literally was Betsy Bird, Evanston Public Library, and then the address of the library. Note to self, I should send him a thank you note. Yeah. And uh, besides dinosaurs with martini glasses, uh, what do we do here on this podcast? Oh, we talk about uh, getting free gifts from talented people. We do. A lot. Because we get them. A lot. But what else do we do on this podcast? Oh, we talk about uh, children's picture books. And whether or not they are classics or not. That is correct. And, uh, well, today's book is... I'm a little shocked. I This is one of those cases where I wasn't sure if we'd done the book. was fairly certain that we had. Due to the fact I have no useful way of determining this information, I was Googling whether, you know, I was just Googling Fuse 8 and Kate and the title of this book and discovered that it did not, in fact, have this book on our roster. We have never done this book before. I'm pulling the book out now. 
Here we go. A boo 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 Uptown. By? Brian Collier. Collier, yes. I actually went, there's a there's a website called teachingbooks.net where you can put in any author and they will tell you, like, of children's books and they'll tell you how to pronounce their name. And it's Collier. So there you go. Good to know. Good to know. So yes, this is a uh, this is a book that when I worked in New York City was very popular. Uh, pretty much any time we had a display of any sort that had any tangential connection to New York, this book went on display. So you know, it came out in the year two thousand. It's been out for quite some time. It's time to give it a read. Okay. While Kate does her read, uh, let's get a little information about Brian Collier. So Brian Collier. Uh, as it turns out, and don't mean to shock you, like for many people, making children's picture books was not Brian's first job in life. Uh, once he decided that he wanted to sort of turn his attention that way, turned out it wasn't that easy getting his art published in books. He had to actually try for seven years before he got his break with the publication of today's book, Uptown. Uh, let's see, when Uptown comes out, Oh my gosh, he won the Coretta Scott King Award as illustrator. He won the Ezra Jack Keats New Illustrator Award. Um, and then he would later go on to win, I don't know, like six additional King Awards as illustrator. He, he has four Caldecott honors. Uh, he was nominated for a 2014 Hans Christian Andersen Award. So Brian Collier, he's been doing okay. He's been doing okay. And we're back. Hello. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? That's my New York accent. <laughs> I, I, I like your New York accent. If, when I when I moved to New York, uh, I was helping. I was moving with a friend at the same time, and I was moving him into his apartment first in Brooklyn. And a guy just like pulls up in a car and he leans out the window. He's like. Well, you moving here? And I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, welcome to Brooklyn. And then he just drives away. So, Do they do that in Uptown, too? Uh, they do not do that in Uptown at all. <laughs> not even oh. slightly. So, uh, yeah, what would you think of the book? Well, I'm, I'm glad it's not called Brooklyn, because you've already given me, like, two New York books now. I mean... You, I know, I, and they're both actually kind of set in the same place. <laughs> so, are you going to give me like a Queens book? Are you going to give me a Staten Island book? I, mean, <laughs> I will not, because fun fact, they don't exist. That's not entirely true. There, there are some Queens books. There are zero, zero. Looking through a, through my hand here, zero Staten Island books. None. What about Long Island? There might be some Long Island books. They don't really talk about it much. There's Bronx. Well, we definitely got some Bronx, and uh, and there's tons of Brooklyn. Like, you can't throw a stone without that. Well, anyway. Anyway, anyway. So, I love collage. This is awesome. Oh, well, you're uh, in luck, then. Yeah, <laughs> this is... Day. It's like a paper collage mixed with paintings, with a touch of watercolor and photography. It's got, like, a little bit of everything. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, someone just today was asking do I miss New York? And I always tell them like, not really. But when I look at this book, I kind of miss New York. It really captures the feel very well. Well, and I feel kind of bad for saying this, uh, but I, I'm not sorry. I find this so much more interesting to look at 
than last week's book because of all the color and there's oh. so much going on. I, whereas last week's book was entirely black and white, this is just like a kaleidoscope of color just hitting you in the face. I mean, I can't argue. I can argue about whether or not I liked last week's book, but uh, yeah, you're right. Kaleidoscope of color is a correct way of putting it. It's just, it's so much on the page. Some might yeah. say too much, but that's that's up for people to decide. Well, and this doesn't really have much of a story. It's just like one kid's point of view. Mm-hmm. looking at all the different things he sees in Uptown and it ends with him going to the Apollo to see the boys choir perform. So that's, yeah, it's not much of a, that's the story. Not much, not, <laughs> yeah. It's the story such as it is. Yes. So he starts with explaining the different parts of Uptown. Um, he says he takes the Metro North train that goes over the Harlem river. I thought there was only like the, like, I don't know, the N train and the P train. I'm just making up letters you, at this point. Literally, but... there, there, is, there is an N train. <laughs> oh, okay. There is, there is no P train. Look, in Chicago, because we Because it would be colors. called the P train and no one would respect it. So that we can't have that. Not allowed. <laughs> the, the PP train? <laughs> nope. No, oh, come stop. on. Stop. PP. Stop. No. No, no. No. Okay, so okay. next is, he says, um... Uptown is chicken and waffles, but and he says, but right, but at first he says this seems like a weird combination, but it works. Have you ever had chicken and waffles, my darling? I have had chicken and waffles at Sylvia's itself. Thank you very much. The the quintessential Harlem place to have your chicken and waffles. Well, yes, the quintessential place in L.A. to have chicken and waffles is Roscoe's, and I went there. After wedding dress shopping, and it was amazing. If the chicken That's is a bad, real smart choice actually. For after wedding dress shopping, you should get chicken and waffles. I highly recommend anyone. Actually, if you're listening to this podcast, you should be eating chicken and waffles right now. <laughs> yeah, you should actually stop this podcast, run to the nearest chicken and waffles proprietor, and get yourself some. I mean, you could try making it at home, but you have to have good chicken and you have to have good waffles. I wouldn't trust my own chicken and waffles. I would certainly, I I might trust my waffles, but I would not trust my chicken. Okay, there's this weird, I'm calling it wallpaper. It's around the border of this kid that's eating said chicken and waffles. Mm -hmm. And there is very clearly a cherub's penis. (laughs) (laughs) So The thing we never got a couple weeks ago when we were literally talking about a picture book that featured a naked cherub in most of it and yet this is the first time we've seen um, i mean we we talk about anuses a lot and so now i'm glad we get to talk about penises uh (laughs) yeah it's only fair really and and i think it's I think it's on purpose because it's it's almost dead set. Well, it's like off center and it's like the head is cut off and the feet are yeah. cut off. So you're I'm not going to purpose- lie to you. It really feels like he was trying to get away with something and succeeded beyond his wildest dreams. If I am so happy. <laughs> I occasionally run into him at ALA, usually at the holiday house party for some reason. Next time I see him, I'm going to corner him. I'm going to be like, Brian, Bri- Brian, Brian. Was it a purposeful penis? <laughs> Just is, say that. No context. Phrasing I'll use. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Couldn't be better. Okay. Okay. So next he says, um, Uptown is a row of brownstones. And he's just describing the different parts of Uptown. Like, Uptown is this, Uptown is that. And for the brownstones, he's comparing to looking like chocolate. 
And it was really smart because, so he, uh, it looks like he unwrapped a Hershey's bar because you've got like the different squares and yeah. that's what he made to look like the brownstones. So it, it's, it looks quite, it's frankly, actual photographs of chocolate. Delicious. Yeah. Also, they really are quite perfect. Like, each little square of chocolate is perfectly positioned over the windows. It's like yeah, it was very between the windows, and yeah. it was very purposeful. So next is Uptown is weekend shopping on 125th Street, and mm-hmm. I love this page because there's just so much going on. You've got <sighs> the Apollo in the background. You've got the wig shop. You've got like this woman's dress with different photographs of food on it. You've got different oh, yeah. textures of what the man is wearing. There's like so much going on. There's so much, so many different things that you can look at. And yeah, I, there's a lot of movement and I find this page really interesting to look at. There's a knife. Well, exactly. and the text even says the vibe is always jumping as people bounce to their own rhythms. I mean, he shows, he tells, but he also shows. He shows, he wouldn't even have to tell. It's exactly. right there on the page. Yeah. Uh, it says Uptown is a stage, and this is where um, he buys his ticket. So you can see on the Apollo's marquee, it says Amateur Night, Boys Choir of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where he ends up at the end of the book, and he hopes that he gets good seats. And I hope he does, too. Okay, mm-hmm. so next is Uptown is Jazz. And I got really excited, because on the piano, Ooh. there's like a collage of sheet music. Yes, there so is. I'm thinking like, okay, is this, I'm looking at him like, is this take the A train? Because that would be appropriate. Mm, no, I think it's a hymn. <laughs> why, why do you say it's a hymn, Kate? Well, because if you look really closely, it looks like the lyrics say, dear L-O, like dear yeah. Lord. And I don't and, know that many jazz songs that have dear Lord in the lyrics. Well, so. and before that, it's, looks like it says lord forgive which yeah either uh, yeah i see giveaway. forgive so yeah, yeah. Forgive, lord forgive i think that was a missed Dear opportunity lord. though yeah if they couldn't get the rights to put the actual sheet music in the book maybe that's why i'm not sure how copyright plays out when it comes to sheet music so i well, can go either way on that one i don't know even when it comes to journalism, because when you flip the page, it says Uptown is a barbershop and you've got these men hanging out the, at the barbershop. And again, it's, it's a collage of actual newspaper clippings made to look like the newspapers that these men are reading. And if you look closely, you can read them and all the articles <laughs> are about golf. Um, like, yeah, they are. They totally like, are. One of the paper cutouts mentions Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer, who were obviously golfers. So, um, Uptown is golf? Question mark. I, you know what? When I think of Uptown, I think of bogeys. I totally do. 100%. Yeah, just bogeys and, as far as the eye can see. Yeah, and uh, and neck injuries. Oh because, yeah. Uh, that's it's it, there. You can even read a quote. My neck wasn't very good. He had acknowledged years later. <laughs> Until halfway through the third round. So, I mean, these are legit newspaper clippings. Is I'm, I'm surprised that that's This okay. is what the kids want to read in their picture books these days. <laughs> this is what golf, I want to read. Golf, golf. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. So then we get to something that had me very confused. It says, Uptown is a Van Der Zee photograph. 
Do you know who Vanderzee is? Years ago, there was this picture book biography called Take a Picture of Me, James Vanderzee. It was by uh, Andrea Loney. And it was about this guy, James Vanderzee, who was a photographer in, in Harlem um, for an incredibly long amount of time. Like a really like just decades and decades and decades just taking pictures of people. And uh, and that's how I learned about him. That's it's through a kid's book. But that's the only reason I would know. I had to Google. <laughs> yeah, that's because uh, you don't read picture books. <laughs> nope, sure don't. So yeah. I learned that he's an American photographer who was best known for his portraits of black New Yorkers. And he was a leading figure in the Harlem Renaissance. So it is appropriate to have him in this book because it says, I saw a photograph from before my dad was even born, a picture of my grandparents' wedding day. Um, and it's appropriate to have actual photographs in the background. But I wonder if these are actual Vanderzee photos. I, I wonder that so. too. They don't really look like his style, but... Uh, I mean, I thought he did more like family portraits, but yeah. But if it's not, then isn't that kind of awkward to say, and then not have photo his actual photographs in the illustration? I don't know. And there's also no back matter, which would have been really helpful. No, because this was in 2000, and back matter didn't exist yet. So, <laughs> yeah. So you flip the page, and you know he's talking about uh, you know uptown is playing basketball, and I, I just feel like every New Yorker kid could probably see themselves in this book from like oh yeah oh yeah playing basketball to living in these high rises with the canvas awnings to like you know going to church and being near the subway so yeah if you're a kid reading this book in new york i'm sure you could identify yourself in this story mm -hmm. and he's really good at capturing the light of certain times of day which with cut paper not easy so we're getting near the end of the book and it says so well, like the sun is setting and he's getting ready to see the boys choir of Harlem. It says um, a song is sung by the boys choir of Harlem. And then it says each note floats through the air and lands like a butterfly. Um, and the little girl that's sitting in front of our main character has a butterfly clip in her hair. Which oh, I was like, oh that's right. clever. That. That's a good call. Yeah. Very good. And then I went, uh, humna what Because <laughs> uh, I'm not a New Yorker obviously and i did not know this that apparently harlem and uptown are the same thing because it says uptown is harlem <laughs> and i was like wait i thought that was two different parts of new york no nope not so much actually yes that's completely accurate yeah oh. the northern part of manhattan in any case so what's downtown mid manhattan what where mid manhattan where like the downtown area is yeah you know, that like the MoMA sense. and Rockefeller Center and, you know, Empire okay. State Building. So not only do you have Uptown and Downtown, but you now also have names of neighborhoods. Am I getting this right? <laughs> yes, you also have names of neighborhoods. Yes, correct. Oh my gosh, okay. Which are not always the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, look, it's very clear to me, I can't get the different neighborhoods of Chicago straight in my mind so oh that's easy at least no it's not there's a gazillion of them and i don't they always like i swear they make up new ones every day well yeah you just take the pp train down no, okay wait, wait. <laughs> i'm on to you now okay so right so at the end of this book um i really like that the uh pages look like the 
there's mountains in the background. Obviously, I know that there's no mm-hmm. mountains in New York. That's like the one thing I know. But that, that um, cool. the the clouds just you were talking about the way light is portrayed, yeah. like as it's getting dark, and it looks like because of the sunset and the way that the clouds are like placed on the page. I don't know. It just looks like the mountains. Like there's mountains in the background. I just, it just does. That was cool. It does in a nice way. Yeah. And then it ends with "Uptown is home." The end. Yep. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, I don't have any additional information to give beyond that. Uh, so I think we can go straight into ratings time. Okay. How come Harlem gets two awesome books and Chicago gets zero? Okay, so this has been riddle me this, Betsy. This, this has been a, a huge issue for me. There is no quintessential Chicago picture book. There's not. I'm not saying no one has ever made them. Um, There's plenty of terrible ones out there, but there's never been a good one. Like there's never been a major, beautiful, set in Chicago children's picture book. I mean, come on, people, prove me wrong. You can email us at fusecade8 at gmail.com and tell me I'm wrong. But there's not. And I'll just say it. There's not. There's not a single one. It's weird. I find it weird. I find it very strange. I, I mean, find it the not bean, being for crying out loud. Where's the bean based picture books? Or do a story about the lions in front of the art institute. Oh no, because there's so many picture books about the lions in front of New York Public Library. Okay. It should be a lion I... versus lions book. Now that would be great. Ooh. Ooh. I would read I would, that book. I would read that book too. That would be a okay. good book. Anyway, other than my biased outrage, um, I think nah. this is a visually stunning book. I love the use of collage. I love seeing the different parts of town from the kid's vantage point because I feel like the kid would notice things that like an adult wouldn't about their neighborhood. Um, I don't feel like it's dated, which is nice. I, I like the mixed media. I'm just afraid of getting this one confused with the harlem book that we did not too long ago which was also mixed media yeah that was the right. one by walter dean myers yes yep so i gave that one a six so i'm giving this one a six too okay i like this more than um than harlem by walter dean myers i think it's more accomplished i think the text hangs together better i think uh, the collages are more sophisticated to be perfectly frank um nothing against chris myers and and the work he did on Harlem, that's a beautiful book, but I feel like Brian Collier had a a really good feel um, for this. And I I don't know. It's 22 years old. It doesn't feel like it's aged a day. There's nothing in this book that felt dated to me, which is kind of remarkable considering the fact that it's all contemporary. But it, I mean, I all of this felt exactly the same as like right now in time. Um everything in it so yeah i'm a i'm a little higher than you actually i'm a i'm a seven a good strong seven okay so with our scores combined it is definitely a classic it's a classic Woo! Yay! excellent all Woo-hoo! right letters time Ooh. all right so this is coming from lisa and lisa writes hi betsy and kate i am an avid fan of your show and have been following along since the beginning you have Aww, helped me look you. at my i know right You've helped me look at my collection. I'm a pre-K to four school librarian with a critical eye. I am in the process of genrefying the picture book section of the library. All the princess books must be together. And came across The Gray Lady and the Strawberry Snatcher by Molly Bang. It is a Caldecott honor book from 1980. I'm curious as to what you might 
think about the book if you decide to review it. Enjoyed the multitude of summer that is left. Today is July 39th in my book. Lisa. <laughs> oh, that's a that's an excellent, excellent suggestion. We did a Molly Bang book once before. Do you remember um, when Sophie gets angry, really, really angry? This is by nope. the same... Okay, well... <laughs> really you didn't like it that much anyway at the time so yeah okay um but that's okay because uh the great lady in the strawberry snatcher is nothing like when sophie got angry really really angry uh art style plot wise it's it is uh i would almost even though it won itself a cult got honor in 1980 i would actually say this is a cult classic picture book and we haven't done one of those in a while so I'm taking your suggestion under advisement, Lisa. All right. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so I know you know who Tiny Chef is, but... I know who people... Tiny Chef is. Yeah, but for people yeah. who are not familiar with who Tiny Chef is, um, he's a very small, green, animated, kind of like claymation, but feltmation, I guess, um, chef... And he started as a web series in 2018, and then he gained popularity on Instagram. And now he has his own Nickelodeon show coming to the fall, which is awesome. Uh, but he paired up with No Kid Hungry and William Sonoma and to sell these really adorable little spatulas. Not like, you know, they're not like an inch. They're just like regular spatulas, but smaller. They're really good. See, for I was kind of picturing like teeny tiny no, they're, bitty no, they're like uh, smaller spatulas that are good for getting like sauces out of little, you know, dishes or something like that. Oh, sure. I, yeah, I, yeah. I find them super handy, but they're only selling these, I think, until November. Uh, and William Sonoma and No Kid Hungry have also paired with other celebrities like comedian Heather McMahon, who I know I've mentioned, the drag queen Ms. Cracker, uh, the Food Network chef and host Ina Gardens. So, and they all have their own design spatulas but right. i really like tiny chefs because you also get two whereas everyone else you only get ah, one nice. uh and they're really good for smaller kitchen jobs so mm -hmm. anyway i highly recommend if you want to you know one get useful spatulas and two actually help a good cause like no kid hungry then go to william sonoma and pick one up because i found them adorable that is a very good suggestion and uh we'll include i think a link to what you were just talking about here in the show notes and of course a picture of your own tiny chef who resides yes. in your own kitchen i, I have a little tiny chef you, you, you squeeze his belly and he talks and then i <laughs> i took a picture of him holding the spatulas and it's oh really excellent <laughs> they're very good and uh yeah let's go as eh, almost a 360 direction away from what you just recommended uh that would be <laughs> What I'm recommending, a documentary, a two-parter on HBO. It's called George Carlin's American Dream. And it is remarkable. Uh, it is basically an explanation of the man's life, but his work and why he is seen as so vital to so many comedians working today. I sort of understood. I, you know, He's got the seven dirty words you can't say on television. I, I'd heard that. Um, you know, he was the first guest host on Saturday Night Live. Um, and I, I'd heard about it, stuff like the hippy-dippy uh, weatherman bit that he did. And he was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and its sequel. So I kind of knew him. He was like in the periphery of my knowledge, but I didn't know that much about him. And it turns out he's 
fascinating. Um, how often he changed his style and what he did and how he did it. Um, and then his life in general, because you watch these documentaries and you're like, and then he met this beautiful cocktail waitress and they got married. They were divorced a year later. No, this is the story of he married the beautiful cocktail waitress and they stayed together for decades. <laughs> I'm like, what? Good and he them. never cheated on her. And I'm like, what? Never heard of that before in a celebrity documentary. Utterly fascinating. Not that it was all roses. They're, they had a lot of... Uh, uh, alcohol and drug problems in the course of it, but they stuck together and they saw themselves through those problems and they survived them. And I'm like, wow, this is an interesting story. So I highly recommend it. It's George Carlin's American Dream. There's two-parter. It's on HBO. Highly recommend you go and see that. Cool. Not sure how to transition from George Carlin to back to the picture book we just discussed, <laughs> except I'm sure he visited New York several times. So. Yeah, no, I... Good luck with that. I'm okay, gonna... um, you know what? No, I'm gonna try. No, I'm gonna try. Maybe maybe he boarded the PP train out and... No, okay, alright, alright, so... I don't... I don't want to follow you there. And so to avoid... To avoid following there, I'm just gonna say... I've been Betsy. Choo choo. I'm Kate. You, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our up-down boy is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. 